Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Love, Death and Movies podcast, internet's number one movie podcast that is online at the present time. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Harry, with me, of course, every single week is the pride of the West Coast, Ash, Ash First Movies. Ash, how are you? Um, I'm hanging in there. Hanging all right. in there. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to turn my camera. Oh, no, everything's going to fall. Don't worry about it. Um... This week is another week where we're missing Byron. Uh, we're hoping he's back next week, but, uh, you know, um, Byron, if you listen to this, which I, I'm very sure you are, uh, we do miss you, so uh, we hope you're all good and we'll, you'll come back in greater numbers. Um, but this is um, our episode, before we get into, like, the little uh, housekeeping rules, this is our episode that, our first time we've ever done this, we're going through a whole trilogy. Um, this mm-hmm. is to end out the whole month of romance and what best to do is the best romance trilogy of all time with Richard Linklater's before. Um, before we get into it though, Ash, little housekeeping, like how, how's your week been? How's how's life been? Because we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks. So yeah. I, I miss these. Oh yeah, I guess we didn't, we did our other one the prior week. So yeah, um, honestly, the last two weeks have been a blur. I don't really know what I've done, but I've done lots of things nonstop going here and going there and working. So um it's good i'm ready for a break but still going strong in dry february well done 23 days in no i've awesome. broken it so yeah definitely looking forward to breaking that though here first um, first march you're going <laughs> yeah, straight good on you yeah <laughs> absolutely no, that's awesome like you're you, yeah you've got only a few days left that's epic well done yeah that's How are so you? good uh yeah this week's been a schmozzle uh at the start of the week my internet just started to break um call i was on the phone with the internet company for a good couple of days uh i don't want to bore you about internet details but it's a bit different in how it works in australia it just doesn't mm-hmm. work sometimes um but there was like an issue with the actual router so they're sending me out a new one and i was like while that's coming i bought another one from amazon i had to buy another one after that it, like it, it was a schmuzzle but um i haven't had internet for this entire week and i've had to watch three movies i watched before sunrise on my phone um i've mm-hmm. seen it few times before so it's not the first watch i'm down people okay yeah, He's don't seen worry, it before. Don't um but then i messaged you last night at like 8 p.m my time i think internet came back on so like there was a good chance that this podcast was going to get pushed a week um but i stayed up late and i watched both before sunset the best film and before midnight um and did all my notes but mm-hmm. it was a race to the end but we're here we're here and we're here to talk about the before trilogy um how do you want to work this out so before we go into all of them should we just say like what we think of the before trilogy like just loosely well like yeah what, 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 sure. do, what do you think about it like going in because I, I think this is a this was a first watch for us when we did this on watch this book club about a year ago right correct yeah little watch this book club alumni coming yeah. back so i think it has been just about a year since we watched them for the first time and i actually think that I gave them all almost a similar rating this time. I won't go into that till later, but I feel like the experience was just amazing all over again, which is great. Um, nothing changed as far as my favorite one. And we can go into that at some point, um, but that stayed the same. But overall, I just think it is such a brilliant raw look at a fictional couple that is so believable, so authentic, 
so grounded, not these typical cheesy romance movie couples that we kind of get as like, teenagers and young adults a lot of times. Amen. I'm happy I waited till I was a little bit older to watch these. I think maybe if I watched it when I was like 18, it just wouldn't have hit the same. I think watching right. it like now that I'm 30 is like perfect because you get to see them young, them in their early 30s and then them in their 40s. And I just think that it's honestly probably the second best trilogy ever made. Maybe that's a hot take, but I agree. Besides Lord of the Rings, I can't think of anything that I think is better than this. Mighty Ducks and Blade. Ooh, but the maybe third B Mighty Ducks. Maybe happened. maybe Blade. <laughs> I don't know. I'm standing pretty strong that I. <laughs> no, think I agree with you. But I, yeah, I'm there's just nothing else like it. I don't think there's any other romance couple that's quite like these two. Even though it can be sometimes difficult to watch what they go through, there's just. Something about them that makes them so real, which Amen. I just absolutely love. Yeah, you said it best. It's simplicity. I, I see this trilogy as before Sunrise, Sunset, and Midnight. I see it as um, the fantasy with sun, Sunset. Um, oh, I, I fucked up the fucking... Um, like, it says Sunset on it. It's supposed to say Sunrise. Don't worry about it. I can probably fix it in post. It doesn't matter. Um, sunrise is the fantasy. Um, sunset is the hope of like what you hope this to be. And then um, Midnight is the reality. Um, which I think is awesome. I agree with you. It's the, the simplicity of, of everything here is kind of what makes this beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that we should get into it. Let's do it. All right. So just so listeners know, this will be three movies. We're not going to do a three-hour podcast. So we're going to go through everything, but we're going to go through it at an adequate pace. All right. So Before Sunrise was released in 1995 and was directed by Steven Sp Richard Linklater. Sorry, we've got it <laughs> written here. Um, the quick synopsis is while traveling on a train in Europe, Jesse, an American, meets Celine, a French woman. Oh, um, on his last day in Europe before uh, returning to the US, he decides to spend his remaining hours with her. Mm, part one. I've called this the meeting and travel to Vienna. Uh, they meet on the train and decide to go to the lounge part of the train. They chat about death, which is an interesting um, start place to start this whole relationship because it's that's what the opposite of death is. It's love and loss. Um, Jesse talks about seeing his grandma after she died when he was a kid. And Celine talks about the death, how death is a natural thought and um, has always been thinking about it when traveling. That should foreshadow her negative thoughts later on into this trilogy. Let's talk about that later. Um, they reach Vienna. Jesse tur um, turns around and convinces her to get off the train and they to explore the city together. And they only introduce themselves after they get off the train, which I thought was a interesting take, but pretty fun. Part two, this is, I call this the nice bridge and a nice tram. Um, they have this adorable awkwardness on full display as they start exploring Vienna. Just like any normal, natural first date, there'll always be some awkwardness. So I did like how that was represented. Um, they meet two geeks, sorry, on a, on a, on a bridge. Um, I don't know if they are, they just look like it. Look like someone old bully. Um, where they ask what they can do hey. around town. Sorry, sorry. This isn't. This is just in my notes. Um, uh, they suggest. They suggest to go see some random cow play that one of them is in, um, and they never do. <laughs> I'm always out, like hoping that we're going to see that play at some point, but it hey, never man. happened. You, I love it. They're about to leave. He's like, "So you got to come?" And he's like, he puts up the horns. He goes, "I'm the cow." <laughs> um, so they get on the train and commence the classic question game. It's always showing the amount of, um, and it's already showing the amount of sexual chemistry they have towards each other. So Celine talks about the man that she had her first sexual experience with, a swimmer that shaved himself and looked like a gorgeous dolphin. Um, and 
beautiful quote is, have you ever been in love? Yes. Next question. Um, pet peeves are explored. Men, uh, men telling Celine to smile more, which is, yeah, that would be a fucking annoying thing to hear often. Yep. Um, the, the exploration of, um, media and fascism. Um, and this is just a perfect representation of general first date questions. Uh, they move from that to the belief in reincarnation, the idea of an eternal soul, which I think is kind of what's represented in this whole trilogy of this internal ongoing flame that is going on, even though they don't see each other for nine years. Spoilers. Um, their destination of this tram means nothing. They don't care where they're going as long as they learn about each other a little bit more. So... Ash, passing to you. What do you think about this introduction between these two characters? And they start to explore this beautiful city. Yeah, it is beautiful, isn't it? Um, I've never been, so wouldn't know what it's like, but hopefully one day. Yeah, I think this intro is perfect. I think the train introduction is really funny. I love that the reason they meet is because this German couple is yelling at each other in German and um we don't know what they're saying we can only imagine and you know she has to move her seat i i just i think that it's one of those situations where it could seem like this movie is going to be cheesy because of the way they meet but everything that happens after that like initial oh they met on a train kind of moment is some of the most like authentic real conversation that two young 20 year olds could possibly have with each other um I did not do a lot of dating in my 20s, but I can imagine that most people, I don't know, I don't think they get this deep when you first meet somebody. Maybe I'm wrong, but I love how they just kind of dive in and she's not afraid to show him like, yeah, I'm afraid of death. And yeah, I have strong political beliefs. And I don't know, she's just not afraid. And you feel like you see a lot of romantic lead women, at least in movies, kind of hide a little bit of who they are maybe and try to kind of impress the guy and she just doesn't care about that which I think is great and he also doesn't either he doesn't care about being kind of a stinker and being you know being the funny guy and just sort of showing who they really are which I think is unique and I think it's really special between these two characters yeah you said yeah you said it best I think that this is like uh this film as a whole is a representation of how these these are they're, they're 23 years old um that age everyone thinks that they're invincible you know that they can beat the world nothing is ever going to harm them and that like mm -hmm. they can believe anything and then it's got to become true and they just don't have a touch on reality yet um and i think that's perfectly represented and um i just to touch on the filmmaking process the tram scene of it all being one shot um, not only dictates how brilliant of an actress Julie Delpy and how brilliant of an actor Ethan Hawke is, um, but it just goes to show, like, um, without any cuts or anything like that, just this mm -hmm. one act of conversation, there's no, there's nothing else that's going to draw you to, um, to the screen at all, Go, yeah. goes to show that the writing is so goddamn good and Richard Linklater just trusts his actors to just be on screen and do what they can do. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think he writes and I don't think he directs anything he doesn't write yeah. for the most part. There might be a couple, but he, you know, that's why it's so good. It's because he's very involved in the characters and the story. Absolutely. Just allowing them to be on screen, just those two for the entire, whatever it is, t almost 10 minutes, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I think just really brings up that element of how realistic this feels. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think it's a great start. But we get into part three. Ooh, the fall is what I call it. Are they actually going to fall or fall in love? We'll find out. Um, they wind up in a record shop. Great scene. 
Yes. Sorry. Um, and they have a really beautiful moment in silence in the record booth listening to a track. They go to a fair and they finally kiss on the Ferris wheel high above the city. This is a pivotal, pivotal moment of their chemistry. Just like any first or second date um, or one of my friends, their fourth date. Good story there. Um, the kiss is a telling moment of if, uh, if the person is your person. Um, great note, Harry. Well done. Um, well done. Thank you. Uh, fourth date, by the way. What are you doing, mate? Come on. Um, they, they, they chat about what love it looks like, what classic relationships are and if they're real or not. Jeff, uh, Jesse references his divorced parents and Celine, her grandparents. Uh, they reach a palm reader at the, at a cafe. Uh, when it's Celine's turn and the focus shifts to her hand and the palm reader insights become more and more personal. The scene um, becomes a powerful moment of vulnerability as Celine's emotions are laid bare the palm reader's words seem to resonate, the budding connection between Celine and Jesse heightening the emotional tension already. So uh, you can already tell, by the way, um, I how much I did film school, uh, film um, units in university. I don't know what they call it in America, but uh, this is just how I dissect films. Uh, the palm reading scene also serves as a symbolic exploration of the character's feelings and the, um, and the nature of their encounter. It touches on the mysticism of the narrative, emphasizing the idea of the connection being unique and a fateful occurrence. Um, so this whole idea of fate, of them being in one place at one time, is just really pivotal to this one scene. Um, sorry, I keep talking about palm reading scene, but I think this scene is actually super important to the whole film. Um, it's beautifully crafted, emotionally charged, and it's a, a moment that deepens the connection between these two characters whilst exploring themes of fate, love, and the transcendence nature of life. Transcendent nature of life. Ooh. Now, we go on to the street poet. My One of my favourite characters in this mm -hmm. entire entire series. Uh, my, first, my first note is I fucking adore this guy. <laughs> um, Not sure. Yeah, so that was, that was a question I was going to be like, do you remember the word? Well done. So walking by the river, Jesse and Celine bump into a street poet. I think he's homeless, um, but he just does street poetry for, who cares? He does street kind poetry. Kind of cigarettes, though. That's the important part. Well, yeah, everyone in um, France do. Uh, a man that will make a romantic poem out of any word, and they give him the word milkshake. And he was at first a bit visibly insulted by that word. Um, but they have a, their first miniature fight while the poet's writing poetry around the way um, Jesse was with the palm reader, his arrogant attitude aiming to impress. Um, and I've got the little poem all written out here. So it's limousine eyelash, oh baby with a pr your pretty face, drop a tear in my wine glass, look at those big eyes. So what you mean to me, sweet cakes and milkshakes, I'm a delusional angel, I'm a fantasy parade. I want you to know what I think, don't want you to guess anymore. You have no idea where I came from. We have no idea where we're going, lodged in life. Like two branches in a river flowing downstream, caught in the current, I'll carry you, you'll carry me. That's how it would be. Don't you know me? Don't you know me by now? What a poem. Well done. Um, the whimsical romantic poem adds to a poetic and artistic touch to this film, capturing the spontaneous and dreamlike nature of Jesse and Celine. How good are my notes? Oh, I'm, I did this oh, not. God, I did this not sober. Um, it because <laughs> a lot of this I don't remember. Um, it becomes a memorable moment in the movie, um, contributing in the overall um, enchanting atmosphere of romance, which goes back to what we were saying: is that these characters don't have a touch on reality yet that they see this more of like a fairy tale an enchanting fairy tale which is what it was written by so ash what do you think about the palm reader scene the um i think we did the yeah the recording the record booth scene of course the street poet 
Yeah, it's funny. You are focusing, I think, on the palm reading. I'm guessing that's one of your like not favorite scenes, but you like it a lot. I really love when they go to the carnival, just because I feel like some yeah. of the dialogue they have for me personally is very relatable and like the discussing their parents and like coming from different places. As much as this is a fantasy movie, I also think that it is also just representative of young love. Whether or not it's a fantasy for them specifically, I think for people to relate to this movie, just being young and kind of in that more innocent stage in your relationship and maybe just in that phase where you don't worry about the big stuff, you know, the the job and the career doesn't matter. You don't have the house yet or the play. Like you just are thinking about getting to know somebody, like what makes them them, what makes them tick, talking about your, you know, families, your parents, all these things that you kind of grew up doing, memories. I don't know. I just think that that moment in the movie when they're at the carnival and everything that happens until the end is where for me it really started to become like a movie I love. Like, I just think that everything that happens there is is just fantastic. I do love the palm reader scene. I think that lady is hilarious. I probably would have done the same thing and given her my money, even though I know it's all BS and she probably says the same thing to everybody. Um, but I think it's important for this couple because especially like you said, the fight that they have later where she kind of calls him out for being arrogant and also calls him out because the attention's not on him. And yes. that becomes something that becomes a theme in their relationship later on. So I think that's really important for the two of them to realize about one another. I think he also starts to think that she's a bit of like a dreamer, maybe a bit unrealistic and things that she believes when I think from her perspective, she's just a young 20 something year old woman. Like there's nothing wrong with kind of wanting to look at things with a bit of that, like enchantment, like you were saying. So I think that is showcased really well here. So I love all of these scenes, poem, fantastic. Thank you for reading it again. Gotcha. Um, I just, I just adore it. Yeah, nah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I think I've said my my piece on the Palm Reader. I, I that is one of my favorite scenes. Um, the Street Poet again. I do, I think the importance there that it brings this like fairy tale look on this um, romance, which at this time is what it was was. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I love your your take on the the um, the carnival, the Ferris wheel carnival. I think that's yeah, perfect. Um, do you call it carnival in America? We call it like a, a fair. That's a fair. Yeah, a fair? no, it's a fair. Cool. All right, yeah. cool. I thought we were having a little cultural disconnect again. No, know? it's a fair, yeah. All right, cool, cool. All right, part five, we've got the bar. Ooh, good name. Um, Celine and Jesse go to a bar. That's why it's called the bar. Um, and they go through their past relationships because that's going to be fun. Uh, Celine talks about her toxic ex-boyfriend and the story of her shrink um, of her shrink calling the cops because she wrote a story about killing him. And she's like, it's just a story. Um, quote, Burr. yeah. Quote, um, I kind of I see love as an escape for two people that don't know how to be alone, says Jesse. I think that's super powerful here. Um, this is where Jesse reveals that he came to Europe to surprise and spend time with his girlfriend in Madrid. It was obvious that she wished he hadn't come, so he came onto he got onto the train um, until he could go fly home. So he talks about how the worst thing about a breakup is you remember how little you thought about people when you broke up with them, and that's exactly how they're thinking about you right now. Awesome. Um, they walk around at night discussing their takes on feminism because that's a really safe topic on their first date. Um, and a lovely quote here is, if there's any kind of magic in the world, it'd be the attempt of understanding someone sharing something. Love that quote. Then we have the phone conversation, which actually might be my favorite scene. Here, my favorite actually. scene. Yeah. Uh, like I'm just going through it. Yeah, so good. Um, so in a random cafe, Celine and Jesse communicate through a fake um 
phone conversations, right? Um, Celine pretends to call her friend in Paris to tell her that she's not going to make lunch, and Jesse pretends to call his buddy Frank. Um, so the scene um, serves as a demonstration of growing connection between Jesse and Celine. It showcases their ability to engage in playful banter, sure, but at the same time share a great sense of humour. Um, so the the fake conversation becomes a, a shared experience, further solidifying the bond between them. It's also an escape from reality. So the scene also reflects the theme of escapism present in the in the film. Uh, Jesse's fictional account of his night in Vienna allows him to momentarily detach from reality and immerse himself into a playful and imaginary na- narrative, which again happens so many times through this film of how much it is a fairy tale. Um, the escapism mirrors the overall tone of the film. Oh, fucking nailed it, Harry. Um, where the characters are experiencing a brief magical encounter that exists outside the constraints of their everyday lives. Uh, before I hit it back to you, let me just go through this next part because part seven is called Plan for the Future. What's going to happen after sunrise? So Jesse and um, Celine debate if tonight is it. What do everyone think uh, if they debate if tonight is it? Um, why does everyone think that relationships and, last, and love have to last forever? The plan, so they just plan to for this night to become as perfect as possible. This is a beautiful scene depicting their dread of saying goodbye, so they decide to say it early. They steal wine glasses from an establishment that trusted them with a bottle of wine. Great. Um, good quote Love here it. is, for the greatest night of your life, said the bartender. Love that. Um, they sit out on the grass, reminisce about their night, and share beautiful moments. Quote, being with you, it's made me feel like I was someone else, Jesse said. Um, Celine uh, says that she doesn't want to sleep together because uh, if they do, she'll feel bad, she'll miss him, she'll wonder who she's with, and in instantly, without hesitation, Jesse changes every single mind of that decision he's made in the past five minutes and says, let's see each other again. And in full capital letters, I've said, my man. Um, so a quote from Jesse, go, the, one of my favourite quotes of this movie, I mean, we die in the morning, right? Says Jesse, love that line. They kiss and roll in the grass and definitely don't do any of the good stuff. So, Ash, what do you think about the phone conversation? And tell me what you think about this like whole scene of them on the gla- on the grass. The plan for the uh, Yeah, um, the phone scene is definitely my favorite scene in the entire movie. I think that it is such a unique type of rom... Um, it's not even a rom-com. It's, it's a unique type of romance movie scene but it's also kind of gives you that like feeling that these people are finally starting to really catch feelings. Like they already did, but this is where it turns. I feel like from They're just being it. like a, maybe a fantasy to being like, Oh, I actually think I might have like something for this person. And they just kind of give you their looks and they have that banter throughout. But I think this moment really just solidifies it. So I love it very, very much. Um, also just really funny it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie it's great great um but yeah i I think the going to the bar and stealing the wine glasses when they cut to her stealing each like glass and her little like face that she makes i just find it so hilarious he points her out he's just like that's the that's the girl that i've been seeing and she's just like like got a glass in her hand she's like putting it back and she's like yeah yeah Yeah, he's such a stinker it's just in perfect jesse fashion um yeah i love it i think that them laying out there on their backs on the grass and just you know the kind of the before conversation that they have and obviously deciding to just make the most of that night and not worry too much i think it just showcases once again that i think celine worries more about the future and she worries more about what's going to happen 
a bit more than he, like he's still thinking about it, but she's definitely the one that's more of like the worrier out of the two of them. And I think they kind of help balance each other out and you kind of start to see how their personalities could balance and kind of think what, what could this become? Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously we don't know, we, you know, we're not sure. Um, uh, but I think that this sort of just shows that they, they do want to maybe see what could happen if this wasn't the end, but they also don't want to think about it. So they're just going to sort of enjoy the moment and, they're going to just not worry about it until the morning. Again, it's a fairy tale. Like, yep. uh, it's entirely, like, all these, like, again, like, I'm sure this is done on purpose, but majority of fairy tales have, like, midnight and, like, as the sun goes up as, like, mm-hmm. the ending of a fairy tale, like Cinderella, et cetera, it can go, it can go on. Um, and that's exactly, I think, what's important with this aspect. But um, I, I adore the phone scene as well. Another aspect that I love about it is that, like, this whole film is conversation. This entire yep. film is script. And for Richard Linklater to find ways for that to be diverse and uh, in, seen in different ways, like, seen through a fake phone conversation is so really important and impressive. And, oh, yeah, it makes this whole, like... They could have easily just been in the cafe and they've done a scene of just like, all right, let's be real right now. What do you think of me? What do I think of you? And it would have mm-hmm. like, it would have had some impact, wouldn't have had the same impact, but the way that he's done it with um, like pretending a fake conversation, I think is genius. And then uh, yep. the whole like rolling on the grass with wine, who hasn't gone and had a bottle of wine on the, in like public in on, on grass on a date? It's the fucking best. Um, so oh yeah, I love, I love that scene. That's kind of like early twenties. That is where like fucking feels um, like college. Yeah. Yeah. That is like where relationships are made, you know, like just those like cheap dates that you just grab a bottle of wine you just go out in public and you just reminisce. Love it. Um, love this. So we get to the end part eight. I call this part sunrise. I know. That, Harry? Because it's in the tart. Yeah, I all came up myself. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, so Jesse and Celine spend their last moments together. Uh, we're back in time. We're back in real time. Jesse says uh, they do a mental picture thing. Everyone's done that before, where like where they take a mental picture of, the, of each other. I think that's adorable. You realize that they didn't go see the cow play that they were invited to. <laughs> You're waiting for it the entire time. It never Amazing. happened. Amazing. So good. These quiet moments showcase exactly why they are meant to be. Complete comfort. They um, There's moments in the next films that are that they're purposely silent and they dictate the entire tone of the relationship at that moment. This one, the exact same. Uh, they decide that they're not going to share any numbers or anything like that. Pff, why not? Uh, they didn't want to call or write because, fuck, why would they want to do that anyway? Um, uh, they decide that they've got to come back at exactly six months' time. Will we see them or will we not? Or find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. So uh, the train goes and he and um, Jesse goes to the bus and gets onto his flight and heads home. And is that the end of the relationship? We will never know. But that is the end of Before Sunrise. We're getting through this at a great pace right now. Ash, yeah. I'm loving this. So Ash, as a whole, what do you give Before Sunrise out of five? And tell me like your your thoughts of the, of the film. Yeah, I give this one a five. It is my favorite. And I just, I don't know, maybe I find it to be the best because it's the initial introduction to them. I, I don't know if that just creates like a bias for me, but I just feel like the way it allows you to fall in love with these characters as individuals and together is so special. And I just don't think anything could ever beat it for me out of these three movies, um, even though I love them all. But yeah, I think this one, just from the writing perspective, the way he directs it, the way he puts the camera on them and lets them 
walk and talk, but it's not too much. Um, we'll get into it, but the second one is a lot more long stretches of walking and talking in the same place. This yeah. one, I think we get to go to a lot of different places and have a lot of transitions, but there's still a lot of dialogue, a lot of getting to know them. So I just find this one to be so special. Um, call me a hopeless romantic, maybe. I don't know. I love the fairy tale aspects of it. I think it's yeah. great. And I think it's still super relatable to a lot of people, even though it is that more um, unrealistic, like, oh, it's just for the nights. So we don't have to worry about the rest of the you know, our lives and what happens when we get home. Um, so I just, I love it. I, I think it's absolutely beautiful and well-crafted and well-written and acted and I could go on and on, but I won't. So that's awesome. me. Yeah. I given it 4.5. Um, like, I could give it I'm five. Kidding. I, I still like, I definitely could. I would like, I don't think a five is a hot take for this film at all. I think it's one of the best, um openings to a trilogy of all time i think this is i agree with you i think this probably is my second favorite trilogy of all time uh right behind blade um so but th this film we're not talking about blade trinity ash i know you want to but not today i want to so bad yeah well we could no no uh i changed the background it's like well we're talking about blade trinity. Um, yeah. but no i i echo everything you said i think like, i love the fairy tale aspect as well i love how this is like not a full grasp of reality um but this is at the same time we've all felt that like this like element of of love towards someone oh i hope everyone has at least um like at some point in their in their 20s as well that um that you think like this is it like they're like this is what love should be etc cetera, etc cetera, when it's like elements of it for sure but then like as we slowly get into the, the, the trilogy becomes more and more realistic about what life is um mm -hmm. but i do love this um this so simple um story of love that just completely for uh, like relies on the script and the acting um and it trusts their actors so much rick linklater trusts his actors so much um to kind of yep. deliver that because if the script wasn't on point and if the acting wasn't on point this movie would be terrible um yeah. and it would just be a bore but like the way that they they do it and the chemistry between delpy and hawk is outstanding so I've given it 4.5, but my favorite letterbox reviews for this film, um, I've got a couple for each one. So Sydney, like the Sydney from TikTok, yeah, um, says, Sydney? yeah, said this is some of this is how some of y'all think you talk. 4.5 out of five, that's great. Um, James says, damn, I should, I really wanted to see that play with the cow. 4.5 out of five for you there, James. Too, James. And Andrea says, well, this is a little test for you, Ash. Um, what does I-L-Y mean if you're t texting that to someone? I-L-Y, Illy. I-L-Y? Yeah. I love you? Correct. So what does I-L-Y-S-M mean? I love you so much. Correct. You're two from two. And the last one is uh, D-Y-W-T-G-S-I-T-L-B-S-W. What does that mean again, Ash? This is a, this is a common one. This is a very common I, one. You lost me halfway through. It means, of course, do you want to go see if that listening booth still works? <laughs> and uh, Andrea's given a five out of five. So well done, Andrea. Well done. Well done. So that is Before Sunrise. And Ash, I'm going to ask you to give me a clap. Just give me a clap. And we're into Before Sunset. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. Oh, man. That, that Before Sunset 
this one looks cool. <laughs> I'm happy with this one. So before sunset, let's get into it, Ash. Um, so before sunset was released in 2004, directed by Richard Linklater, and the story goes as such: Celine and Jesse, who met nine years ago in Vienna, cross paths again for a single day in Paris, also known as Paris. Um, together they find out what they've been, what's happened. Sorry. Together they try to find out what might have happened if they acted on their feelings way back when. So, Ash, before we get into the whole story, can you tell me what you think of Before Sunset? I think Before Sunset is another fantastic romance film. This one's really fun because they already have that comfortability, even though they haven't seen each other in a long time. I think it is kind of funny to imagine people who only hung out for one night could just pick back up where they left off nine years later, like they didn't miss a beat. Amen. And they take about half of the movie to even start talking about what's going on in their personal lives. Like as far as their relationships, they're just sort of back to banter. Yeah. And I love that. I think it really showcases, this one showcases their chemistry, I think the best out of all of them. Not so much the specific like romantic, like attraction and love, but just their like back and forth conversational kind of, chemistry that they have together is fantastic. How comfortable they are to get with each other. The comfortability, yeah, which is yeah. so important, obviously. But that's also an age thing. I think they're both yeah. more confident, more established. They're just, they're very comfortable with who they are at this point. So I love that they just jump back into it. Um, this one's really fun. It's very quick. It's a lot of walking and talking. I feel like it's even more dialogue somehow than the first one, even though it's shorter. And I really enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, wholeheartedly. I think this is my favorite of the series. Um, this is, I don't want to say my score. You could probably guess yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the, the, I, I adore this film. The, as you said, like, I feel like it took everything that I love about the first one and added on to it. The, there's more of these long shots. There's more of these trusting of the mm -hmm. actors. Like there is like, it is, it's like 75 minutes, this entire film. You could smash this bad boy out. Um, but um, it, it somehow was able to say more. Um, mm -hmm. this, this idea of this film, as I said at the, t at the top of the show, um, that sunrise is the fantasy sunset is the hope, like, um, going through this whole movie and you, and like, um, you see Jesse and Celine together and they both hope that like, if they spend the rest of their lives together, that this is what it's going to be for the rest of their life. Um, is it going to be like that? We'll find out next time. But, um, it very much like that. That's what I kind of love about this, uh, that like at the end of the day, um, we go through which we will go through we go through jesse's life of like how from the outset it looks perfect he's got a wife a boy and he's an established author um but from if we go deep dive into it he, he's not happy at all and he hasn't been happy since he left vienna um which i think is really telling so i, I love that but let's get into the story ash all right so part one i call this the author and the activist not bad um, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we open in Paris. Um, so Jesse has become an author for a book that's titled This Time, a story about his moments of meeting Celine. Um, he's there doing a book opening, signing and Q&A. He chats with the reporters about, their about the ambiguous ending. Did they meet in six months? Did they not? Only he would know. He chats about his future plans for books, um, looks to his right, and there she is, the love of his life, Celine, right there in the bookshop, right next to Harry Potter 3. Um, it's Celine's favorite bookshop. She knew that he was coming. She knew the book was always was also about her. She asks him, um, did he turn up to Vienna? She couldn't make it. Jesse said he didn't, but do we believe him? Mm. Nope, because right after that, he's, uh, after a few questions, we find out he was there. 
Um, I do like this super quick tangent. I do like how he's straight away. He's like, no, I didn't come. Like just to um, make sure that make it not feel bad. And then she's like, well, what's your excuse? Yeah, he's like, no, I was there. <laughs> right. I was there. He's like, kind also, of I'm glad that they didn't go the entire movie without telling us because in a traditional cheesy romance movie, it would have been all movie. He lied. And at the end he was like, I really was there. I yeah. came that day. It's like, no, they're just real adults. So it's like, Two seconds later, I, I did come actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like because it's realistic of like um because yeah. if you're talking to them, be like, well, I had an actual excuse. What's up, Scooter? Um, I had an actual excuse. Like my grandmother died, and then it's like, wait, what did you like? What where were you? What was your excuse? Yeah. So, like you just didn't turn up. That means like I no longer no longer want to talk to you now. Um, which like so I wholeheartedly agree. I think that's great. Um, they discuss what they've been up to the last nine years. So I've gotten a couple of dot points for each. So Jesse. Um, so Jesse becomes a successful author and it, we learned this throughout the whole film, but Jesse becomes a successful author and is in Paris to promote his new book, uh, which is inspired by his experience with Celine. Of course, he's married with a young son. However, he's not satisfied with his marriage and expresses feelings of emptiness and Celine. She's been living in Paris and working for an environmental organization. Uh, she's had a few relationships, but is not, but she's not currently in one. It's currently like kind of mixed, like. It is very un, um, unestablished. She's more idealistic about love and life. So at a cafe, Celine ex, uh, explains her experience of living in New York about a cop telling her that she needs to own a gun. And this was the final um, straw that makes made her want to move back in Paris. Americans, right, Ash? Um, and, get me started. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, ambigu ambiguity and tension is what this whole scene is. So this film is filled with both. Um, and especially about their future together. Um, are they going to stay together after this? Who knows? Um, the tension between the desire between them, um, sorry, the tension between the desire to stay together and the practicalities of their lives create a poignant atmosphere. This is now the point where the fantasy's gone. The more reality has uh, started to seep through, and more on when um we uh we get into before midnight. But um, they now have jobs. They now have um like um stable lives that they, they they can't like uproot and leave and um mm -hmm. i think that's very important so part two he has a kid yeah he also has a child yeah um so part two the walk and reflection did they have sex <laughs> first question selena is sure that they didn't and jesse says he remembered that night more than he does the entire more than he does entire years and knows that they did poor guy uh, there is a subtle romantic tension as the characters navigate the complexities of their um, emotions and the undeniable connection between them. The act of walking together becomes symbolic of their journey through life, love, and self-discovery. The con um, continuous motion, um, the continuous motion of just them walking, reflects the passage of time and the unfolding nature of their conversation. Jesus, I'm good at this shit. Uh, wow. But their discussions of love and death reflect how the world sees it then. An expression of love is seen as a cry for help, and death is only seen as an absolute ending. So, Ash. Tell me, we, we've we've the start of before sunset. We've seen these characters now. What's your what's your takeaways from this beginning? Yeah, I don't even know how to like break down this movie because it's so quick that I feel like it's just yeah all one thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everything you said is fantastic. Um, I guess just to add a couple of things, I, I think that the initial like banter about you know did they didn't they that night, I think that really showcases the sexual chemistry that they have i think in this one it kind of escalates a bit more than in the first one and that even follows into this like the last movie they just always have this kind of 
give and take with that, um, which is why I think it's funny that it takes him so long to mention his wife and kid when it's like clearly he's wearing the wedding ring the entire time. And she knows. She Maybe it's because she doesn't, he doesn't think of it. That's how I, I thought the oh, same I, thing. I'm sure. And I'm like, funny to me. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, no, you're right. Because she knows he has a wife the entire time. And he's kind of, she's kind of letting him do his normal kind of flirtatious stuff with her. So it's yeah. like, she knows that they have that connection. And I don't think either of them really care. It's like they're in, it's like when they get together, they're in a different world. They're just in Jesse and Celine world and they almost kind of forget a little bit about all their responsibilities, even though they have jobs and they're talking about what they've been up to. So I think that's kind of reminiscent of the first one in that sense. But then like you said, there's still that reality piece, yep. which is where it kind of grounds them a bit more and kind of brings that fear. Um, and that's why this one in the, in the middle is kind of interesting because it's sort of like, we still have this connection. We still have this maybe fantasy that can become a reality, but what does that reality look like? You have a kid, you have a wife, I have a job here, you have a job there. Like there's just a lot going on. And so I think this movie starts to piece together that really, really nicely. And it lets audiences get to know what, you know, these characters are kind of all about now, while also letting the characters kind of learn more about each other and just kind of continue from the first one, which is, they do it in such a nice seamless way where it's just, it's so easy to just get through this movie. It's just such an enjoyable watch. Yeah wholeheartedly agree i love i love the the opening of this uh like we get to we we see these characters again but they are subtly changed just like not in terms of like they still get their soul that is still the mm -hmm. same but then in terms of the things that have changed is just life um which i do believe is what happens with midnight as well um of just uh, they're becoming more and more human of just that that's just what happens with yeah. um with life experience you become more and more in touch with reality you've got more stresses to to look after um which just just happens and you can see that burden on them but yeah I, I like i do like that idea that this is a closed off world um that they don't think mm -hmm. like because she says that she's in a relationship with the guy with the ward photographer but he's always away and then like yeah. um but like i do i get into it where um where he's just like do you love him and she's like yeah of course like because she's still such a hopeless french romantic french Ugh. um but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I I love this opening. I love the the um the cafe scene of um just them talking. It's literally just like a, a recap of the last nine years, which I think is awesome. And the whole story of her living in um New York when um when he's also in New York and there was like an overlap, but um they mm -hmm. could have they could have met, but they just didn't. I think that is so powerful. But then you get yeah. it gets to gets to thinking of like if they did meet in New York, like would that change anything like um would he still be with his wife would he still have a son like yeah, there's there's so many things that are just like left up in the air that we those just... are crucial questions to ask and i think it's so easy when you get to be like our age like how the characters are too where you start to go huh what if i did that one thing a little differently when i was 22 or that one thing a little differently when i was 24 and it's just yeah we all do that but it doesn't matter anymore because it didn't yeah. happen and so it's just it's interesting to watch the characters go through that thought process because I think that's really relatable for people in that phase of life. Even yeah. if you don't have a kid or a spouse, it's like you still have something yeah. in that time of your life where you kind of go, what if this, or what if I did it a little bit differently? So what, yeah, what I if really I put all the that. money on the chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. What if you did? Yeah. Which I did. Thank you, Trav. Um, which is fun, by the way. I'm seeing Tay Tay in two days. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get wrecked. I'm going to get blackout <laughs> with some Swifties. Can't wait. Love it. Um, 
so we get on to which part i'm up to the boat yes part three the boat um it's here that we find out about their relationship so jesse is married with a small boy but he does feel attached and that continually grows more and more throughout this whole story selena is in a relationship with a war photographer but the photographer is the detached man in this relationship uh and as i said so you in love with that guy what guy the war photographer yes of course what other guy selene um so jesse says that he wrote the book so that he would never forget the night that he um that they had together uh so he could have all the details in one place and it would just be a cherished memory on paper uh, he also says that he wrote it in a way that he could try and find her that he she would turn up in a french bookshop and he would be able to ask her where the fuck were you <laughs> love that um quote people have affairs and entire relationships they break up and they just forget end quote um they fantasize about what the future could have been if she had turned up in vienna what could have been um they get off the boat but jesse doesn't want this day to be over and offers celine a ride home this might be my favorite scene the ride home um in terms of cinematography the the, the scene on them on the boat with the sunset actually in the background Uh, but the ride home so celine talks about how empty she feels with the guy that she is with she wants to be loved and be but is happy on her own quote i was fine until i read your fucking book end quote um she realizes that she no longer need feels the connection she no longer feels the connection with love that she once did um the, the fairy tale is kind of over for her that she thinks she puts everything that she knows into that one night and since then has had an unhealthy relationship with love uh she thinks that being around jesse is bringing up all these negative emotions and so tries to leave but he convinces her to stay jesse explains how bad his marriage is He's only happy around his son. He's in the marriage because of his son. There is no joy or laughter to be around. He doesn't want to be, doesn't want to raise his son in that environment. Uh, but he reveals that ever since that night, for the past nine years, he has kept dreaming about her every single night. She goes to touch. There's this the, in the scene. She goes to touch him while he's saying this because he's looking out the window and she stops herself, which I think is really important. Uh, but I, this is that this scene's amazing. I I love this scene again. Like we um we we touched on the beginning. But um, the walk to the boat, massive long scene. The boat ride, massive long scene. The car ride, massive long scene. Mm-hmm. Linklater once again just puts the camera on Delpy and Hawk and lets them fucking go. Um, and their connection, yeah. like their talent is undeniable. They're both brilliant actors and actresses. Um, their talent's undeniable, but their chemistry is undeniable as well. They're, they're, there's something there. I uh, wonder if anything happened offset. Uh, but their chemistry is there. He was married, Harry. Oh, calm down. So was Jesse. Um. <laughs> he was with Uma Thurman, and he had two kids. That's true. Uma Thurman's a badass as well. She knows how to use a samurai sword. Um, but yeah. So, what do you think about these 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 scenes, Ash? The the boat and the car ride. Yeah, I love the boat scene. I think that's definitely like a, a definitely a favorite. It's not my absolute favorite. I think the ending is my absolute favorite, but I think that that is definitely up there. I love their conversations that they have. I think it's really important and kind of a transition moment in the movie, even though it is such a quick film. And then yes, I love the ride over to um, her place. I think that's a really important conversation. That might be the most important conversation they have to lead to what happens after this movie. Her confirming his true situation him kind of confirming how she really feels. Cause in the beginning she's like, yeah, I knew you were going to be here. I came, you know, to listen to you talk about the book. And now she's like, you wrote that fucking book and now I'm not okay. And so I think she's always going to resent him a little bit for writing that book and for just everything that kind of happens after. And even in the next movie that we'll talk about. Yeah, you definitely see um, that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the that the the writing of the book definitely represents something bigger. And I think this conversation is is really kind of like the climax of the movie, even though it's towards the end of the movie, if that makes sense. Um I'm obviously not versed in uh how stories are written. I've never, you know, been a writer or gone to school for that, but I feel like this has to kind of be the climax of the yeah, story just based sure. on what they talk about. So yeah, I think it's really important. And again, chemistry, flawless. I think she shines a little bit more as an actor in this film than he does. I think she's just so good. Her quips and her one-liners are so fantastic and her delivery on everything is so real. You can just feel it, the emotion. Um, and I think that she's, they're both phenomenal, but I think she does kind of outshine him a little bit in this yeah. one for me. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I think like Ethan Hawke's in my top five actors of all time. But, um, and I think that uh, in terms of the third film, I think that he out outacts her. Um, but I, I, that, again, they're, they're both phenomenal in both their roles here in every single film. Uh, but I do think that um, Before Sunset is the Julie Delpy show, for sure. Um, couldn't have said it better myself, everything that you said. Can wholeheartedly agree. The, the ride home is really heartbreaking in a way, but it's still like kind of comforting and like promising for the future in a way. Um, of just, exactly what you said there. Like it's heartbreaking to see what they've been going through, of like their relationships mm -hmm. with love since they've um, left each other. Uh, but then it's also kind of hopeful to, for them to kind of see like there's a second chance um, with each other and like um, and that kind of gets more reaffirmed in part five, the drop off. Uh, so they get to Celine's apartment and hug. Jesse decides to walk her to a door where they meet Celine's cat Shay, and he says, "Call me." Um, so Jesse uh, convinces her to play one of her songs to him before he leaves. They walk up to the stairs to the apartment, and this is the most sexual tension in the history of cinema. The quick glances towards each other, the silence, the fact that it's not awkward at all. They are perfect. Uh, Celine's apartment is an absolute stereotypical French apartment where everything's tidy, but at the same time it's a fucking mess. Uh, quite like Celine and Jesse. Oh. Uh, she starts to sing him a song about the waltz, and then Harry says, let me try and dissect this song as much as possible. So, Ash, here's my dissection of the song The Waltz, all right? Uh -oh. So the waltz is the scene that held significant emotional weight and serves as a poignant moment in the film. Here are some key aspects of why it is so significant. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight reasons. Uh, recollection of Vienna. So the waltz song triggers memories of their first meeting in Vienna, particularly the moment where they attempted to dance the waltz at the record shop. Um, the, it, uh, it creates a direct link to Before Sunrise, reinforcing continuity connection over the years. The symbolism of unfinished business. Um, the waltz it becomes a symbol of unfinished business from their previous encounter. In Vienna, they were interrupted before they could complete the dance, and the song um, brings back those emotions associated with that incomplete moment. Emotional resonance. Uh, the, the waltz song carries emotional resonance, evoking uh, feelings of nostalgia and longing, emphasizes the passage of time and the lingering impact of their brief encounter in Vienna. Metaphor of their relationship. The uh, interrupted waltz becomes a metaphor of their relationship going on and on and on throughout these three films of their interrupted 
points of their life. Um, just as the dance was cut short, the connection to Vienna was also fleeting, and the song represents the suspended, unresolved nature of their romantic involvement, revisiting the past. Uh, the waltz scene is a deliberate vo um, choice by the filmmakers to revisit references again in Before Sunrise. Invites the audience to reflect on both themselves in previous uh, relationships as well as the earlier film. Um, shared experience. Um, by listening to the waltz together, Jesse and Celine share a unique ex and intimate experience. Acting and listening to the music becomes a communal emotional activity that deepens their connection. Foreshadowing. The waltz scene uh, foreshadows the, the emotional depth of their later conversations, particularly in the cafe scene, of course, uh, where they will openly um, discuss their feelings, regret, and the impact of the encounter. And artistic expression. The scene emphasizes the power of the artistic expression, in this case music, to convey um, complex emotions and memories. In essence, the waltz scene um, is a powerful and symbolic scene that um, contributes to the film's expression of love, time, and the enduring impact of brief but significant encounters it deepens the emotional connection between jesse and celine and adds layers of meaning to their reunion but at the end of the day it begs the question what is happening with that poor driver this entire time <laughs> um celine <laughs> celine puts on nina simone while dances with jesse boy you're gonna miss that plane and he looks back at her and says i know we fade to black did he stay did he go what happened to the cow guys what happened to the cow play guys and before sunrise find out next time in dragon ball z so that is before sunset ash what did you think about the ending but just tell me what do you think about before sunset give me your score just tried to give you a little thank you pause for the breakdown of the song um i just had a thought that how weird this would have been to be somebody watching these when they came out because can you imagine having to wait Oh. 10 years to find out what happened. Like, I realized we're so spoiled having watched these later because we knew that there was a third movie. So right. takes all the fear away. Oh, That's wow. True. I just like, I never wow. thought of that. That sucks for people who had to wait in 2004. I'm so sorry to you. Um, yeah, I almost forgot your question. I think you just asked me my overall thoughts. Of overall this thoughts, final yeah. Scene. And your yeah, score. Um, yeah, I give this one a 4.5. And that's not because I don't love it i just i think the first one for me is my favorite so i have to always kind of give it a little edge but this is still a fantastic film there's just like some little tiny thing for me that's missing i don't know what it is maybe it's just because it is shorter there's not quite as much um to chew on there but i just love them i think they're great here i think their banter is great this final scene is my favorite scene i think it's so romantic shows their chemistry just enhancing and you just know that something is about to happen after that camera goes black um oh yeah and i i think you just know that he's missed his flight and he doesn't care it's like the first time they said goodbye they regretted it they're not going to do that again so yeah. i think he's just sort of watching her and he's just falling in love all over again and i think that's sort of my interpretation of that last scene it's his second chance in a way. Well, it's both their second mm -hmm. chances. Of, and it's really just heightened by the, exactly what you, I agree with you. Like, it's obvious he doesn't care about it. He, he said again, time and time again, he's only with his wife for, yep. because if he's not with her, then the, the kid's raised poorly. Like, he doesn't want to be um, raised like that. And he's only with her to spend time with him. But um, at the same time, he's got to also look after himself. And, mm -hmm. um, and like... He, like I think a, a moment would have been into his head of um, if he doesn't strive for love, what's he teaching his son? 
Um, and uh, I think that's super important here. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the ending of this film is perfect. And just yep. uh, with Nina Simone and the stories of going to her concerts and everything like I that. I love her little breakdown of like impersonating her. It's so funny. It just so, like, it's so perfect around. for Celine. It's just, it's such her character. Yeah. It fits so perfectly. You're cute. And then she walks back and it is so funny. I love her. She's um, like, she has that cute, big ass, you know? Yeah, She's it's just... so good. Uh, but yeah, this this whole scene, this whole movie for me is perfect. It's a five out of five. This is one of my favorite romance films of all time. Um, I do, like, I, I think it, it would, I think it's easy to say that vast majority of people have either Sunrise or Sunset is the best. Yep. And, um... Uh, I could see that top turning, but for me, I think it's always just going to be sunset because I love the fa the fantasy idea of love, uh, and it's in both of these films for sure. But sunset just has a little bit more touch of reality, um, and just the idea of having a second chance that like after nine years of living and um and like wishing that you could go back and change something or even mm -hmm. just go back for those twelve hours uh, or however long it was. Um, just to re revisit that idea, that feeling of love once more, and he gets that again, or they both get that again, I think is really important. But yeah, I've given it a five out of five. I think this movie is perfect. But the best letterbox reviews, I've got three here for you, Ash. Tim Cop says, uh, turns out I've never had a conversation before. Four out of five, 4.5 out of five. Mm -hmm. uh, number one Gizmo fan says, baby, you're going to miss that plane. Five out of five. I love that. And uh, Rudy says, I just want to hear Celine's song about her cat. Four out of five. Mm-hmm. Love that. So we get into, oh, before we get into the next one, Ash, I'm going to need you to give me a clap. And we're into Before Midnight. Yay, how good is that? That's mad. Um, so Before Midnight, Ash, I'm not sure if you understood, knew this. It was, um, it was released in 2013 and was directed by Michael Bay. Oh, yeah, shit. massive departure. Uh, it was originally going to be directed by Michael Bay, but then Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf said no, so it had to go back to Richard Linklater. Uh, so the story surrounds Jesse and Celine. I don't know if you met these guys before. They're a couple, and they visit Greece with their twin daughters who, I don't think I've got this in my notes, they're the cutest daughters. So cute. They're adorable. Um, on their friend's invitation, um, they're there. They're in Greece for their friend's invitation. Whilst on vacation, Jesse gets restless and starts questioning his life and relationship with Celine. So as a whole, Ash, what do you think of Before Midnight before we get into it? Um, Before Midnight. The first time I watched it, it really stressed me out. Yeah. Just because it was so different than what I was anticipating. Um, the second watch, I think I enjoyed it a bit more. I kind of appreciated it a bit more for what it was. Yep. And I'm happy about that. Um, I think there's some really great moments here. I think they actually have some really great conversations um, earlier realistic, on. Realistic, kind of, realistic conversations. Yeah, I took them for granted the first time I watched it because I just focused on more of the like difficult scenes to watch. Yep. But I think they do have some great conversation in the car. It's hard at times, but it's very realistic for a couple in their situation where you have, you know, split up marriage, split up kids, different countries. You know, you're dealing with so many things, different job opportunities, just all kinds of stressors that would happen at that point in your life. So I think it's a great depiction. It seems very real. I think you get to start to see fears that these characters have. And it's obviously just put in a very beautiful setting of Greece. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I like this a lot more than I did the first time. Um, I've uh, leave scores for the end. Uh, but I, I agree. I think this, as I said at the top of the show, that this movie is very much like the reality of what love turns into when you're when you have many years of love together. <clears throat> um, but 
that like I, I agree there is a mo- lot more of like importance of these conversations that are m- much more prominent in the in the second viewing but there is a lot of this film that does feel like unjustified resentment um which mm-hmm. is um going to be shining through and like sometimes on both sides but majority of the time it is on one side um but uh i for elements of that you can't really it's just a muddy situation that they're all in of um especially with um jesse's son but we'll get into that part by part so part one i've got arrival in greece so jesse sees his son off at the airport sending him home to his mother and presumably jesse's ex-girlfriend ex-wife sorry he's obviously focused on his son having a good upbringing even though he lives in a different country it's obvious that jesse's relationship with his ex-wife is absolutely broken his son suggests that he doesn't visit at the moment as his mum really hates him but says that he had the best summer of his life a solid relationship. Not perfect, it never is. He loves his son, but something. But sometimes it's just the way life is. It's not perfect. Celine and Jesse are together with two twin girls. We have a brilliant car ride scene. Again, our first long shot. that um, does a great job at um, going through good job issues, um, classic pastime stories, ideas of relationship. But one thing is clear, there is a tension here that wasn't there before. This isn't an entirely negative tension. This could be just one on life experience. There is a tension here. Quote, was I, what, I wasn't your first love? No, of course not, end quote. One thing I loved about this scene is how Celine has a really goddamn good relationship with Hank, Jesse's son. I really love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse tries to vent about his distant relationship with his son and Celine turns that into a shot of resentment towards their relationship. Like what? Take some goddamn perspective. You have two twin girls. You imagine if they were into a different country and you could only see them every other summer. Sorry, I also include that in my notes. Part two, uh, the friends and the dinner. I love this scene. So for, uh, Jesse's friends and him talk about his two books, uh, which have been made into, which were made from the first two films. Um, and obviously the ending of the second film is clear. He stayed and they made love for days. Uh, they discuss the third book, one seemingly not related to his life, a complex metaphor of time and perspective with multiple characters, one that doesn't seem focused. It couldn't be about him, could it? Um, around dinner, the dinner table, there is an array of relationships here. So they've got two friends, the older couple, they're just friends. We've got two new lovers, or they've only been together for a year. We've got the two happily married, and then we've got Jesse and Celine, and we wonder where do they fit in. Uh, it's here that Celine kind of turns their original love story into one of negativity. She puts Jesse down in front of everyone constantly about his job and his work um, and his idea of how they started their love. Um, again, she turns Jesse's guilt towards his son's relationship and tries to make it about her once again. Um, when Whilst he's not advocating any sign of moving or anything like that, she still just turns it into um, something that, that she's he's trying to force her to do. Quote, it's not, the, it's not the love of one person that matters, it's the love of life. I love that quote in this scene. The woman around the table that the woman at the table that lost her husband talks about how the love between her and her later husband was simple. The silence they had, the feeling of being close of the passing times. So what do you think about this opening of this like car ride, seeing Hank off at the at the airport and then this first um like dinner with yeah. friends? I also love that you put all that together because it's like half the movie, but it does feel like it really is only like halfway important because it's like the rest of the movie is like so much happens, even though it's 
Like, we, it takes like 45 minutes to get through all of this part. This is the longest film for sure, but this is also probably yeah. my shortest notes just because of well, like how what, simple yeah, it is. Yeah, actually, Adam watched with me this time for the first time and he, I, it was over and he was like, wait, it's over? How long has it been? Did you say it's like yeah. an hour and 45 minutes? And I was like, yeah, it has been. He was like, why? This felt like the shortest one. Yeah, it's paced perfectly. And I thought, it's so weird how it does that, but it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, I do love the car ride scene. That is probably, I think, one of the most authentic moments to a couple at this phase in their life it feels very um real and like the tension like you said but it also feels kind of like cute and funny like this married couple mm. with twins and like the, the apple scene and yeah, like, i love that the ruins the girls are and taking the pictures of them and then the girl wakes up and she's like where's my apple um yeah, it's like oh, so wait, wait, how long until the so how long until the ruins like oh they were closed <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're that. on the same team they even are. though they still have that tension with their kids they're on the same team which i think is yeah that's what i meant like um that it's like there's a tension there but it, at not all times is it negative it's just like uh yeah. it's just like a, they've got a job to do now like well, um, yeah i mean they've got a kid that lives in the u.s they've got her job situation they've got yeah. him writing another book about their relationship. And you can tell even more in this movie how she's kind of over it. She's yeah. over the idea of him making books about their relationship. But they and also I at the same time, sorry to cut you off, they also at the same okay. time, because the books are called um, This Time and That Time. And it's like, this brought us back together and that paid for the apartment. I love that that little yeah. quote. I was like, so like, this is his job at the end of the day. And he writes best about them, their relationship. But I, I, I do get, yeah. I do get you the, the, the point that she's making and the point that you're, um, you're saying that like she's making is that like, she doesn't like it to be on the spotlight. Um, well, yeah, she understands the practicality of it, yeah. but that doesn't change the emotional response to it because it's about her and about him. And so I think, and she, you know, she has her issues with him where he kind of tends to, you know, want to be the center of attention and kind of want everything to be around him. So it's like, of course, he loves that that scene where he's telling about his new book and all the guys are all invested in it and want to hear more about it. And he does like the when the attention is on him. The fucking lads. They're just around yeah. a fucking like stone steps just talking about literature. <laughs> but it, it is a little interesting to me because that's what they're doing. And then the women are all in the kitchen cooking. Couldn't be me. Like, couldn't be me. I, I do like to cook sometimes, but that whole scene is a bit interesting to me. It does kind of show... I think because especially you're in, you know, a different country and, it, you know, it's it's just some people that's that's the routine. But yeah. it was kind of interesting to me to kind of show the guys just hanging out, having fun. And the women were all in the kitchen kind of cooking and cutting vegetables. I would um, be on the grill. That's where I would be. I'd be stationed nice. at the grill, yeah. flipping the steaks. I'd Love it. Yeah, no, I like these scenes a lot. I really enjoy the table scene, especially the dinner table scene. Um, sorry, I'll wrap it up. I feel like no, I'm no, just no, rambling. you're good. You're good. We're, we're way ahead of time right now. So you. But yeah, no, I I think that. That scene is interesting because you do get to see the different couples at the different phases of life. But I think that the old man and the old, old woman have the most wise advice to give yes. all of them. And I think that's really crucial here, um, especially for even the other couples that are sitting there, even though the story is not about them. I think it's a unique aspect of this movie. The first two are just about the two of them. And I think in this one, you kind of get some broader perspective. Um, which I think is important for Jesse and Celine to hear as they go into the second chunk of the movie. Yeah. For sure, I yeah wholeheartedly. I think the this um, friends dinner scene it, it's up there with my favorite scene of the film. Um, it might be that, or it might be like the their walk to the hotel, which we'll get yes. into. Uh, I think that scene's beautiful, but um, I just really don't like how Celine's turn turns this story of their love, which mm -hmm. is it's a it's a fairy tale. It's a romantic fairy. It's like literally like the perfect fairy tale of like we had a night together. 
and we always thought about each other and then a decade later we got back together we found each other sort of thing um but she turns it into like uh like one of like she puts a negative tone to it it's like you're kind of muddying this perfect water right now she's hurt obviously and she's using that moment to it's not very fair and i also don't like sorry to go back up to me but no, I just no. real quick yeah. i don't like how all of these couples sort of overshare i find it very uncomfortable i yeah. would never share those types of things about my relationship with a group like that i guess i don't know maybe it's a movie i know but that does feel a little bit out of place in this one where like jesse and selena are like telling these things and it's like they're like fighting and like she's speaking poorly about him in front of all these people it does feel a bit odd yeah but like if, if there was... how hurt she is for sure yeah if they were just talking to each other i'd be fine with it but the fact yeah, that it's exactly. like around these couples and like it's like it puts down like not only his work which she does constantly in this mm -hmm. which i'm not, i'm not a fan of that at all no. like if you're with someone you fucking you're their number one fan like mm -hmm. if that that's how i would always see it um but to, just to put all, put down their 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 initial spark is like this is what they're fucking all about this is why they're still together is because of how they met and to put that into like a negative way is kind of like putting their entire relationship into a negative way which at the end she does um which wholeheartedly but we'll get there but part three the walk to the hotel. So Jesse and Celine walk to their hotel because their friends have given them a hotel room for the night. Um, and they discuss how much their life has changed, um, but not technically in the bad way, just how it's changed in terms of responsibilities. They've got shit relying on them now. How little time they have just for the two of them. They discuss fantasies of if they met each other for the first time at this age, would they still fall in love? Would they still ask each other to get off the train? But the difference is the cruel truth of time. People are dependent on them now. There are variables that didn't exist when they're 23. Uh, Jesse says that his grandmother just passed away. They discover they discuss their love. They discuss the love that his grandparents had, and it was over 70 years. And I think that's a really lovely moment. Um, they check out this ancient church, and we find out there that they're not married, which I think is um, very interesting. Yeah, I interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Celine tells a story about her friend that got leukemia, said that he had a sense of relief when he was diagnosed, that he spent his life stressed about money, of like uh, being able to like have enough to live off, and then finding out he only had nine months to live, and he figured out he had all the money in the world to live off for the next nine months, and I, I think that's a really touching story. And he's just like, so did he get better? He's like, no, he died. And you're like, oh, ouch. Um, they watch the sunset at a cafe on the water. You can tell the spark between them of the first two movies is there, but it's different. It's very different now. Um, pa Let's stop there because I got the hotel room and I'll leave that as a part of its own. So, um, yeah, what do you think about the, the walk to the hotel? Uh, I love this scene. There's, like, again, another long, long scene of them not only going through all the, like, different ruins of the Greek ruins, but also going through all the, like, the, the town streets. Um, mm -hmm. The whole story of, like, him with the grandparents, um, I think, is really touching, but it's also heartbreaking for Jesse. Jesse just lost his grandmother. Like, this needs to be taken into account of all future um, future conversations that's about to happen. Jesse's grieving right now. Um, but the, I love... I love this um, conversation about how like their how much their lives have changed because like they've got yeah. two girls, they've got like jobs, um, they're like you know he's got his son in America and like again it's not a point of negativity but it's it's just different and it's just different life experiences and this is really what why I call this movie the take on reality um, is because like you go you look at us Ash like we're, we're like we're about thirty. 
Um, spoilers. I am thirty, not about thirty. Yeah, I'm almost thirty. <laughs> uh, I'm like I'm, I'm like a couple months there. Um, and but um, you go back to when you were twenty. How much your life has changed in terms of every responsibility you have now um, to what you had back then, which is literally night and day, I'm sure. Um, like, and that's kind of represented in this, and that's what I really took away from the second viewing of this film mm-hmm. very much. But sorry, what did you think of the walk? Yeah, no, I don't have I don't have too much more to add on this chunk. Um, I think this just sort of builds up to what happens in the hotel, but yeah. I think you get some continued tension, but you also do get some little. Um, fun moments between them you know more of that little bit of like sexual connection they have just still a little bit of that like him still wanting after her and you kind of start to feel like you know maybe her feelings are different and I think she builds up a lot of that resentment and you kind of start to see it in her body language in this part of the movie Um, not so much in specifically what she's saying but in the way she just is around him Um, I don't know if that makes sense but that's sort of how I took it and even just how logical she has to always piece everything together. It's like his grandmother died. Would you mean to come to the funeral? It'd be easier if I didn't. I mean, yeah, it's, if I just it, it, here. It, it's just no empathy. I don't know how to explain like, it. Yeah, it's like a lack gone. of empathy. Yeah. Which the... I think it's because she's so distracted by all these things she thinks. And that is something as a female, you know, you do feel certain pressures. And I'm sure as a mother, it's even harder. And as a working mother, I can't even imagine yeah. that pressure you feel to take care of everything and make sure everything suitcases are packed and everyone's lunch is made all these things that in a lot of relationships the dad doesn't even have to consider i'm not saying in all but in a lot so i think you kind of start to feel some of those real life parental issues that people go through build up here even though they're not specifically talking about it the entire time you can kind of feel that's where it's headed and so i think this is a very pivotal moment um and you can kind of tell the night is not going to be as romantic as maybe he was wanting it to be um, and you can start to feel that here. Absolutely. So we get to the hotel. Oh, yay. During fun, fun time between Celine, um, between them, Celine says uh, that he's, oh, wait, here we go. This is the first moment that I'm like, that really breaks my heart of something that she says. She says that the red in his beard is gone and says that it was one of the things that made me made her fall in love with him. It's like, but now it's gone. Ouch. Uh, Henry calls Celine to check in before flights. Celine says the words, good luck with your mum. And that becomes a catalyst of an argument. It's tough not to be on Jesse's side here. Um, Again, I totally understand the position of the mum. The mum's done everything, what we seem with his conversation, done everything to kind of stand in the way between Jesse and her son and his son. Um, But you can't speak badly about um, his mum too, directly to this child. Um, I think that is very unhealthy. He asks her to respect boundaries and she takes it in a way that it's all her fault of why the ex- ex-wife has a bad relationship with Jesse. Jesse is literally saying, um, literally isn't saying anything and is getting attacked on the bed. He's just sitting there listening. Um, it's becoming more and more tense. Celine breaks down the relationship to basic men and women issues. Um, they discuss about, um, sorry, I put in um, quotations. They discuss about the opportunity to move to America so that Hank could um, can be closer to them. They agree that this would be a better upbringing if he was there with them, but Celine actually makes a fantastic point that if they're there and the custody is still every other weekend, what's the point? Like, this isn't going to change anything. She said that she will absolutely do it if they get um, dual custody. I wholeheartedly agree with Celine here. Like, um, I, I, I see... Again, Je- Jesse's like asking for the possibility. They're just having a discussion. He's not being like, we have to move to America, which is what she's taking it as. 
but he's like what happens if we move to america is that like a is that like a like a no-go like is that a, a possibility for the future um but celine's realistic approach for this part of being like if we don't get dual custody we're uprooting our whole life for the exact same of what we're doing now um which i totally get quote i feel a passive aggressive threat in everything you say is something that she says and i said i wonder who the problem is um another quote if we didn't have the girls would we still be together and then in quotes i've said in all caps i've said it's a trap don't answer um, she continues to gaslight him. She's Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Taylor Swift, and I'm not happy about it, Ash. I'm not happy at all about it. She aggressively tells him about the stress that she feels, the depression, the anxiety, the insurmountable pressure of parenthood. And Jesse replies, I understand you, but do you think you have sole, you have sole ownership of this feeling? Powerful quote. Love that. And I've said on all caps, fuck yes, Jesse. Um, she accuses him of cheating as well and demands answers. He once again commits his love for her, but that is not enough. You know what you're... Here we go. Quote, you know what's going on here. It's simple. I don't think I love you anymore. And then I've said silence. Part five and the last part. Um, the last woo. So Jesse approaches Celine. Um, so, sorry, Celine then storms out and goes to the cafe on the water. Jesse approaches Celine and pretends to be a stranger at the bar and tries to seduce her and bring a little bit of romance back. He pretends to be a time traveler to tell her what her future self has told has um, told him to tell her, uh, to love herself and to be allowed to be loved. Quote, if you want true love, this is it. This is real. And if you can't see it, then you're blind. Silence. Uh, quote, so what about the time machine then? You can see right there a little bit of playfulness. Here we go again. They smile, they laugh, and they once again, there is something there. Quote, well, it must have been one hell of a night that we're about to have, end quote. And then that's it, fade to black. That is before midnight. That is the before trilogy. What did you think of this ending? Tell me about the hotel room. What is your take on this fight? Oh. Um, as a kid who grew up with parents who fought my entire life and then got divorced when I was 21, this is pretty traumatizing scene Oh, same. Me. Mine was like when I was like 13. So yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, kids are divorced. Woo! um damage <laughs> emotional damage yeah. okay i'm sorry yes this is definitely the hardest scene to watch in the movie but i think it's important I, part of me takes this as did she just need to like get all this out yes. you know, off her chest to just like almost reset herself like i don't think she really feels that I way i don't, I don't think, think she think doesn't she... love him exactly i wholeheartedly agree uh, I, yeah i think she just really had things to say yeah and she was like looking for any opportunity to get them all out i don't think she was correct and everything um no. but i do think that this scene does unfortunately paint her kind of as the bad guy and him as the victim which it, i'm not saying she's not gaslighting him in, in moments but i do wish it could have been a bit more of a balanced fight where maybe it i don't know the dialogue for me i'm not in my 40s i'm not you know I don't have kids. You know, I don't have those aspects to my marriage, but I do feel like this does paint it kind of one-sided and like villainous towards her, um, which maybe that's how it was supposed to be. But I do kind of wish it was maybe written in a way that could have been a bit more productive. But I For guess sure. that maybe is the point that maybe it wasn't supposed to be. I like, as I said, like there, there are moments that like you understand what she's trying to say of like, mm -hmm. of like him just being like, let's have a discussion about going to America. And um, she says, sees that as we're going to America. And that's not what he's saying. But her, I, her whole point of like, if we go to America and we don't have dual custody, that means this means nothing, um, which 
wholehearted, yeah. that's realistic. He has this idea yeah. of this fantasy of going to America and everything's fixed. And she's looking through it being like, I understand that that's like what you're coming through. But practicality, reality, this is like, it only works if X, Y, Z. And if we don't have yeah. that, then it's not going to work, which I totally yeah. agree. But then like, yeah, her seeing him, everything that he's saying is absolutes, I think um, is where the downfall is. Well, I think he just wants to have a conversation and a dialogue and she wants to have a conclusion to every single thing. And I think she's a little too logical in these moments where she, like you said, she's like seeing a solution or wants to provide a realistic, logical outlook. And I know as I'm somebody who's a bit more of like a feeler and a more of an emotional, I lead with my emotions versus like my logic. And I think sometimes it can be hard when somebody always wants to like give you the answer and the solution and the right thing that's logical and you're like I just want to have a conversation about my feelings right now I don't want a logical response and I think that's perfect in this moment because that is realistic to a marriage that is realistic to being with somebody for a long time you have to learn how to communicate and I think this is the first time we've gotten to see these two really struggle with their communication and I think it's important for people who we've watched at this point in time have great dialogue and great conversation this is pivotal and it, their life's a lot different now so i think it's very realistic to you know and obviously they're not married quote unquote but they are in a long-term committed relationship they're anything like but married. married you know like they're, they're yeah. all but married I'm everything like, but the piece of paper and yeah. the rings or whatever so yeah i think this is really important and crucial i do hate that she says that she's not you know doesn't love him anymore i do hate that she storms out i hate that shit i just I hate the storm out kind of stuff i think it's the worst way to deal with great arguments but I think it is realistic for someone like her who has all these fears and she's so stressed out about everything. She's putting all this weight and pressure on herself that he's didn't, he didn't say, I think you should have all this pressure and all this weight and, you know, responsibility, but she's done it to herself. And I think she's projecting and blaming him in that moment. Yep. And so they're both kind of defensive in their own ways. Um, but I do love that he tries to make her feel better, that he tries to find a way to bring that romance back. I love the time travel, the napkin being completely blank and him just making it up on the fly. Um, I think it's just perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, I, then... I love the ending. I think it's perfect for those characters. I think it was the best way to hit their conclusion. What do you think happens after this? Do they stay together? I think they have to. Yes. Yes. I do. I, I, like, they've, they've got two girls now. I think they, yeah. I think they, un, I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you say. I don't think she doesn't love it. I think this is... I agree. She has all these life stresses with work, um, with um, raising these kids, and they're on a holiday. They think that this holiday is going to solve everything, but it doesn't because it's like it's just not. Um, it's just somehow that's what holidays do. Sometimes it is what it is. And escape uh, reality via vacation. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, um, and it kind of just breaks down. It just bursts. Um, and uh, she completely just takes it all out on Jesse, which for some points I totally understand. Like, um, for him to, like, he wasn't asking her outright. Well, he did say, like, can't you just get a similar job in America? That's unfair to, uh, to mm -hmm. ask that. That's for her to ask that question to herself, if in my complete eyes. Um, but, yeah, like, a, a lot of it she should not have said, I don't think I love you anymore. That is, like, the, if, if Jesse doesn't, like, go up and try and woo her again, I, like, I would understand. Like, he's like, uh, he's like, this is it. Like it's, it, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, the, the, uh, again, just to touch on the, um, relationship that Celine has with, uh, Jesse's ex-wife, I think he's very practical. It's very realistic. It's what it is going like going to be with ex, like ex-wives. And if there's a, like a, a child involved, 
Um, but like saying that to um, the, the sun is tough. It's a tough one to defend at all. Um, but mm-hmm. again, I totally, it's just a, it's like a one liner, like off the cuff sort of thing. It's just like an emotional response. Like it's, she didn't mean anything by it towards it. It's just like, it's just the way that they are together, um, which I kind of get, but um, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that this is very much like a, I don't take this whole scene as pure reality. I do just see this scene as like a, a, like a result of everything that's happened sort of thing. The hotel or the hotel, final scene? Hotel scene. So, yeah. and then like the, fi- the final scene is just like a, we're back sort of thing. Like that's how I kind of saw it. And like, I love just his tenacity of her being like, um, Jesse, I'm not, I'm not, not tonight. I'm like, I'm, I don't care about this. And he's just like, a, but I'm not Jesse. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a time traveler. <laughs> like, I love it. He's like, cause she it's fell- a great Ethan Hawke moment. He yeah. does a great job in that scene. Yeah. She fell in love with his goofiness and um, that it is. So mm-hmm. Ash, let me know what you think of Before Midnight. Give me a score. Yeah, I give this one also a four and a half, but I still think it's my least favorite of the three. I think it goes just in exact order is exactly how I would rank them. Um, We've already said so much. I don't have too much more to say. I I think that this one is just, unfortunately, the hardest to watch because it is reality. And I think that's that's important. And I haven't hit that decade of my life yet, but I can imagine that all the things they have going on are very difficult to navigate. And especially for a couple who started out, you know, so passionate and so connected and just such a fairy tale to be in this reality it's such a like jarring juxtaposition from the first one that it's it is a bit you know hard to watch as an audience member but you still love it because you see how much they still care and they still have that deep love even though she says i don't love you anymore no one actually believes it including him which is why i think why he goes after her because i don't think he actually believes it so i think that it does sort of cause both of them to approach things that they weren't maybe ready to approach yet and get out some conversations they needed to have, even if it was on vacation. And I think, I just imagine that after that, they, you know, maybe had some more tough conversations, but they learned to maybe reevaluate the way they communicate. And maybe I just like to believe that they, they improve and maybe they move to America, maybe not, but I like to think that their life is, just like a normal marriage or relationship that's like a marriage. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. I've, I love this movie a lot more than I did the first time I saw it. Yeah. Um, I've given it 4.5 as well. Um, I think this is a very powerful film. And like I, I I agree in terms of it is my least favorite, but again, it's still brilliant. Right. Um, but it, for me, it goes uh, sunset, sunrise, midnight. Um, but yeah, every, everything you said, I echo. I, I love how there's like the realistic approach of like love, but also has all of these societal pressures onto it, mm-hmm. um, which wholeheartedly is just reality. It just is what it is. But um, yeah, I, I, I do. Th- I agree with you that like, I wish it was, was written in a way that it was more even because it very much is like a, a one-sided battle. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it might be even for majority of their relationship. It just is that this one moment is the yeah, one. Yeah, we only got to see this one little moment yeah, in a, their entire relationship. And that's what, like, these movies, like, really kind of uh, harness on is, like, um, as she says this in, in the, the, the table, they're like, this is just moments in their life. Um, they've got, like, all the other moments that kind of, like, like construct this love that they have together. They're, like, kind mm-hmm. of reinforce it. And we're not privy to that, so we can't really judge it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we can all just take away and agree that like they love each other and this is what a realistic approach is. But I give in a 4.5. But my favorite letterbox reviews, I got three for you. Um, Nakul says, I fucked up my whole life because of the way you sing. Five out of five. Great line. That's funny. 
Zara has probably my favorite review of the entire episode here, where in brackets she goes, wiping my wiping the tears from my eyes, fucking heteros got me to me again. <laughs> 4.5 out of 5. Well done, Zara. And then Hania, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. She goes, no, I hate fight. I hate fighting. I'll go back to un- the unrealistic, deep, loving, romantic walks. I can't take it. 5 out of 5. I'm with you. So that is the Before Trilogy. Well done, Ash. We did well. Um, that is the end of the month of romance for February. And we go next week okay. into the month of sport movies, which is Ash's favorite genre. Ooh. Yeah. So the first cat, uh, cab off the rank. Yeah, cab off the ranks, right? It's not cat. It's cab because it's the rank of cabs. You can, yeah, that's the not first cat. One. It's not cat. <laughs> No, it's definitely Cap. Um, the first Cap of the ranks is the Disney film. Uh, I only found out it was a Disney film last year. Is uh, mm-hmm. Remember the Titans, which we'll be watching next week. Will we have a guest? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. But um, So, yeah, we'll watch Remember the Titans for next week. Um, follow us on everything of, of um, from TikTok, X, Instagram, um, all of our um, availabilities across YouTube, um, uh, Apple Music and Spotify. Uh, follow everything that me and Ash do, and as well as Byron. It's all in in the description. Um, but until next time, please watch Remember the Titans. Um, I'm Ash. I'm Ash. No, I'm not. I'm Harry. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 sure. And this is the love, death of movies, and we'll see you at the movies.